Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. On today's episode, number four, we will spill the tea about fear, how it relates to our nervous systems, supplementing for off-property adventures, tack and sensory awareness, grounding pre-ride mind-body exercises, the importance of a daily mindful practice, and much more. And remember, if you're enjoying any of these episodes, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Everybody, welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber. We had talked lastly about law of attraction and comparison. And what else did we talk about? Momentum. Momentum. Um, all about how to kind of break those patterns when we become aware they're happening, kind of what we can do about it, why it matters. And today we um, kind of started flowing and talking and um, it just turned into a bunch of squirrels all over the place, but we hope you guys enjoy. Really been like focusing lately on like truly understanding like mind, body and spirit of the animals. And like, I want to understand all the pieces and what's very relevant to them. And like, I basically have started like centering my intentions on like tell me what's relevant to you and your current experience and like what's dominant it like your dominant emotions your dominant pain like all of that and it's just kind of interesting that as I've been doing my sessions a lot of what is relevant to the horses in the current moment is not what the people want to hear like it's uh, so like this are we just gonna go let me just start talking (laughs) (laughs) you're already just it's like the, the juicy outtakes that didn't plan. Those are the, these are the squirrels. These are the squirrels. <laughs> this is a squirrel. I feel like we could just edit in an intro later. But um, yeah, so I talked to a little horse and person duo today. And the horse literally was like, I'm fabulous. I'm very sensitive. I want my person to be responsible for their own balance or for their own direction. But like, when that's the case, I am really good at what I do. And I feel like I'm valued for who I am and all this stuff. Hmm. And she was very fixated on an incident that happened in the past that caused her to fall off. And she's fixated on a behavior that happened in the past that has now kind of like damaged her confidence and stuff. And it's just kind of hard to be that medium as a communicator because um, it's hard to, to help the horse understand why there's fear present in the current moment when like they haven't done anything wrong. And that it's like so much frustration in them. And like, he was just talking about all the things that he wanted to do and the way that he was actually saying that he didn't feel heard in his training. And she was like, well, I don't understand why rearing has to be his go-to. And I'm like, well, it's not his go-to. It's his signier sign. Like you're missing all of the other signs and you're getting that signier sign. Like, Hey, something is not right. You're about to get bucked off. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's kind of hard sometimes to do the animal communication thing because sometimes the information, like I was texting you and I was telling you that I get very ungrounded and I've gotten a lot better, but sometimes I can still get a little bit shaken up. Like if, if people are like, "Mm, yeah, that doesn't really sound like him or that's not relevant because the information that I get, I just like know it to be true. Like I just can feel that it's true. I know that it's like true to the. And so when the person says, no, 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 sometimes my human brain gets ungrounded because I'm scrambling, trying to think of a different, how people perceive things. And sometimes I feel like I don't always have the right way to explain something that they're showing me that will make sense for the human. And that is like the hardest part in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I feel like this week has, there's been a theme where I really started teaching people like in real life again. I feel like I've been behind a (laughs) computer screen doing stuff for like the last two months. And um, the sun came back out and everybody's like, let's do this. And their theme has really been about um, the signs before (laughs) the big sign in your sign and how important it is to be able to tap into each moment and like fine tuning the feel, which I feel like feel is just, I think I texted you at this one point when I was like, is feel just intuition? <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> like, because sometimes it is right. Like, it's like you sense that, oh, there's something here that needs to be released or, and people are so clogged up in their own stories and their own physical bodies that they are shut down to that part. And I took somebody through a process the other day where recognizing how much um, resistance and upsetness and anxiety was happening in her body as she drove here, which I have a lot of people say, like, I just get so worked up on the drive to the barn. And then she hadn't ridden this horse in a while. And so I just had her slowly go through each step and it was the steps walking the horse around. We did it in the round pen and I knew we weren't going to get past just mounting, but how do you feel in your body? Just leading your horse around thinking about getting on. And there was already like contraction and tightness and fear in the body. And I was like, why are we going past that? Why don't we just start there you know, like I don't blow past, I go right into threshold with the horses and go, let's explore this. So why previously had I just blown past it and said, okay, like, let's get on. Like, and so many trainers just, you'll be fine. Just get on and breathe. And like, how about we start breathing when the anxiety starts, you know, why are we stacking it and then getting on and expecting the horse to be able to like manage all of that for us. And so it was so interesting because we got to the point where that felt good to walk around, right? Let's get into the present moment. Is there anything that is not safe right here and right now? I was like, no. Okay, let's go to the mounting block. So I watched her walk up on the mounting block and immediately she like sucks up on the reins, which is just, right? This physical manifestation of, I have a story about what it is to get on this horse. And now I said, what's the story? Why are we, why are we doing that? And she goes, and a lot of it's unconscious, right? It's just habitual. People grab the reins. We don't want the horse to walk off. Well, why is the horse walking off? Well, she's like, oh, she's not. But what's the story? Story is there was a horse. The one time that I fell off and it actually felt like it stayed with me was when I was mounting a horse I didn't know. And it took off. And instead of me dismounting as it got faster, I just got on 
and then proceeded to buck me off. I got a concussion. It was like a whole thing. So the bodies keep this story about what is safe and what's not safe, right? And it's not necessarily a conscious thing, but it's this unconscious. Your body is saving energy by not having you have to think about it every time, right? It's going, oh, remember that time? Here's the things that we think that might have kept us safe. But so dropping the reins and then working through that, right? Like, are we, are you in danger? The horses, you know, conk out, mm-hmm. totally chill. Are, is, are we good? Like, can we build some new neural pathways around what's happening right here in this moment? And it was like, oh, let me look around and go. The horse is totally chill and has no intention of walking off. Okay. So before I even had her get on, I said, can you visualize getting on? What does that feel like? And immediately, you know, she said, there's judgment. There's judgment about me not being strong enough to get my knee over all the way. There's judgment about my hips not stretching far enough. Like, so let's stop here. And let's, you know what I mean? So it's like this process of these are all these things that are compiling in people's bodies. And then they get on and the horse has these moments of resistance where it's like, you're contracted. Why would I move forward? And they're showing us and showing us and the rearing is usually so much stacking and then the person from a contracted place physically asking with cues from like their extremities not who they are in their power center but like you know their cues and aids and then the horse is like absolutely not you're like trying to hit the gas pedal and build the e-brake at the same time like I only have one option and it is to go up (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so true that's like exactly what that horse was telling me today too and there really is a lot of fear. So just kind of going back to the involuntary, how you were like the, the body stores stuff. And sometimes it's not voluntary. Well, I'm taking, um, Jane Pike's course right now. Like I'm part of her joy riders course and mm-hmm. she's all about the nervous system. And she talks about how like our nervous system really is in the past because like, that's where the sympathetic lives. And the majority of us are in the sympathetic dominance and, when you go into a situation and you immediately label it something. So like you start getting the tight chest and you label it anxiety. Anytime you make that certain movement, curling your shoulders, whatever, your body immediately goes to that every single time, unless you challenge it with like some sort of novel movement or whatever. And it is really crazy to think about how like she talks about just in like the swing of your arm, like that just motion there are sympathetic and parasympathetic patterns just within like swinging your arm or turning your head or whatever. And, um, that's why like, you know, the practices that you do with people and just daily, daily work, honestly. And like the fear component is so big. Like it just makes me like this conversation makes me think of how many people treat their horses prophylactically with like calming supplements and magnesium before they go to show. Like I have so many horses that are like, my whole body is thrown off right now. And I'm like, wow, you have so much magnesium. And then I ask the person and they're like, oh yeah, we double up on magnesium and we do this and we do that. And it's like, wow, like pump the brakes. Like since when do you, like, it's not like someone would get in their car and take a bunch of like Xanax, but well, maybe some people do, but you know, before like going to do something that they don't like, it's like, why don't we notice those patterns? Like if a horse is consistently doing something or I just feel like when we see patterns like that, it's not a, like, it's not enough 
to be like, oh yeah, I'm constantly, oh yeah, I just pull on the left rein or I get really bad anxiety. It's like, okay, well now that you notice that there's half the battle, like let's start changing things for the sake of your horse. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there, I feel like the fear component it is just, it runs deep in like so many different things, but like, especially going off property, um, and people just like pumping their horses full of stuff. And I'm like, man, I wonder what would happen if people took magnesium and like all the things instead of giving it to their horses prior to the shows. <laughs> but like that groundwork is so important because like how many people, even you just talking about this, I'm thinking, when I get on my horses, I give them a treat. I put one stirrup down, do the girth, do another treat, stirrup down, do the girth on the other side, give them a treat. But I do nothing for myself. I don't stretch. I don't take a deep breath. I like, I, I will say I do wait for the inspired action to ride my horses. And if they are like, if their energy is a little bit weird, I decide not to ride them. So there's that, but like, you just saying like, let me recognize how I feel in my body. I literally forget that piece all the time. And I feel like it's so, so what would you suggest to someone like me who literally is kind of a little bit of a busy body and kind of, if I'm going to ride the horses, it's not like, I'm just going to ride one. I'm going to ride all three that day. Um, and so what would be like a quick, like mindfulness thing just before mounting, whether I'm worried or not? Yeah, I do it with everyone because that's what we talked about field today and talked about how if we're so disconnected with and from our own body, most of us are, you know, then how do we consciously say, okay, I'm going to get present into this moment so that I can be as connected as I possibly can be to my horse so that I do have the feel and I do have access to my full expression of my body so that they can have access to that. Cause that's what like the underlying principle of like most disciplines is they want self-carriage. You want balance. You want the horse to have expression. I don't think that's rewarded. Like it needs to be in all disciplines, but I think that in the beginning that was, that piece was there. And so what I have people do is, um, like today I started off everybody just walking their horse and breathing and inviting the breath into their own feet. So I have them walk and I have them stay in their feet. What does your right foot feel like for a couple breaths? And then you switch to the left foot. And I just spiral my way up, inviting the breath into the calves, into the knees, into the thighs, into the hips and lower back, into the power. And I just sort of have them breathe into those spaces. And then, um, and it's a longer process that I guide them through. And then once they get on, I have them sort of do a faster, same idea, check in once you sit down into the saddle do the scan. What do your feet feel like in the stirrups? You reorient, um, you sort of reset the nervous system before you get on, you get on and you can, you've already sort of had it anchored in. You can go back to it. And then once they start moving, same thing, just similar, just, can you feel each go all the way up? Like, where are my parts? But in the walking piece, in the beginning, I invite them to, I think the biggest thing is when you realize when you're walking, you'll realize your arms swing in a certain pattern. Your legs will walk in a certain way. And my thing is like, now I want you to walk different, whether it's walk, walk your feet out or walk faster, swing your arms really big. I just invite, like I tell brains not invited to the party. 
where you just allow your body to just flail around and your horse gets to just be along for the ride with you. <laughs> and um, you see the horses get so relaxed just by walking next to this crazy person flailing around because it's like, oh, good, my human is aware of their own body. You know, they're taking care of their own shit right now. <laughs> like, And then the other thing, once they sit down is I had them, this is the first time I've done this and it was really cool is um, they sat down and when I worked their way up, I got to their thighs and I had them just tap into feeling their horse's breathing through their seat. Like, can you feel the expansion of the rib cage? Can you? And then I had them match their breath with that um, feeling and the horses were just like, whoa, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think it's just like getting, however it looks, like getting and finding something that works for you, whether it's a meditation or breathing or just walking and just becoming aware that can anchor in that like place of neutrality within your own nervous system, which usually starts before you even get to the barn. Like mm -hmm. the horses can't be involved, but if they already are like anything that like feels good to you, where it like gets you into the moment and sometimes permission to, you know, if people come out and they're anxious about something like at work or at home or whatever. And I say, just give yourself permission to worry about it after you're done working with your horse. You can come back and you can worry about it all you want, but you have to do it after you're done. Right. And so it's like, you're like, okay, good. Your brain goes, okay, good. We can still worry about this. Okay, good. Just, we have to do it later. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just so no. <laughs> then usually it just dissipates, but I feel like that's the thing, right? It's like breaking up those patterns that we have in our body, because those are the things, you know, that's why I want to take Jane's thing so bad. Cause I was like, I want to know those little details. Cause they feel so fun to me. And right now I'm just sort of like, I don't know, break up the pattern, but to be able to explain like what things are, that's what I was talking about yesterday when I was texting you about, like, I really want to know that stuff. Um, and her, when I saw her talk at uh, the summit, I was just like, oh my God. And I, I talked to her a little bit and we we're supposed to connect, but I was like, that's like the missing piece for me. I feel like is knowing all yeah. how that's all connected. I know the nervous system stuff is just so crazy, but that makes a lot of sense. So that's a really good practice, actually, just having them walk around the arena. And I actually do that with all of my horses every time is I'll do like a little bit of clicker or I'll walk, but it's just so funny how I'm focused on them. Like even in the walking, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just like, is your head low? Is your neck, you know, like, are you relaxed? How are you doing? And I'm like, literally not even doing anything to prepare my like crooked ass hips and my tight shoulders. And I'm just like walking around, but I have a lot of horses who request that where they feel like they just need to be able to move in the tack before the rider gets on and now I'm taking your course and I'm kind of putting things together like oh yeah duh because it's sensory awareness on the body that their bodies are having to literally like give it feedback come back with how I'm feeling in the current moment am I actually okay with this saddle being on can I bend mm -hmm. so that's really good and I do think that I need to um just kind of come into my body a little bit more well everybody probably does but um, without judgment too, because as you're saying, you know, feel how your seat bones feel and stuff. I feel like I do a little body check-in every time I get on my horses, but I'm like, shit, my left seat bones forward. Can't feel my right seat bone, my left shoulders, but you know what? I'm like, it's like, I do the body check, but it's with so much judgment. <laughs> and that piece of 
the judgment, I, that's what, you know, what was happening for my client who was like, oh, the moment I think about stepping in the saddle before I even get on, I'm already thinking about how weak this hip is and how this knee is not before I've even sat down. And I said, well, let's, why don't we just take that as information? You know, like, don't tell your mind. It's not allowed to think that just be like, oh, so maybe there's something I could be doing to strengthen that or good information, but we're here now. And, you know, a lot of people will have the, the residual effects of trainers who have like pounded in the lunch lessons or the biomechanics piece. And they're so stiff because they're trying to be so freaking perfect. And so my thing for them is always like, there's not a lot of room for softness in your horse's body when you're sitting up there, like a freaking rigid, like stone. And so what I always do with them, it's like, just let your body flop around, like let your entire body just like, like a little, and like, let your body find the balance point because it will, you know what I mean? If you just get out of the way and just explore what it feels like to not look perfect. And we did that even today a little bit, but what I equate it to is because I ride cutting horses and you have to be your bot. Like you can't have any stiffness happening in your body and you can't assume they're going to go where they're going to go. Cause the cow's going to go where it's going to go. And the horse knows to go with it. <laughs> and so if you're rigid in any way, you're just going to end up in the dirt. So it's this balance of what I was saying to them was like, you're not like a floppy noodle, but it's, it's there's something which I wonder if Jane talks about this. <laughs> Jane, we should have her on. We should have her as a guest. Um, about the solar plexus area. And when you're asking your horse for things with a clear, like it's your power center, right? It's like clarity. It's like this is what I want. Instead of asking with your extremities, <laughs> like creating the like funness in the everyone wanted more forward from their horses today. And I said, well, can you create that forward and fun in? Um, allow that your solar plexus where you're asking from to flow. And a lot of them noticed the moment they thought about going forward, everything clamped down there and they were going to work really hard with their legs and they were going to use their aids. And I was like, the way I view the aids, because a couple of them were poking out their rib cages and stuff. And I was like, it's like when I go to Pilates and I'm all crooked. Okay. My Pilates lady does not come over and shove my rib cage back straight. <laughs> she places her hand there and says, Hey, this could be in more better alignment. And I look at my legs and my reins as that's what that's doing. It's bringing awareness to their body parts that are out of alignment. And everybody was like, oh, and I was like, because that softens it in your own mind, right? And then your body goes, let me invite you into this different way of being versus get your ribcage over and straighten your head and like go forward. It's like, why would anything want to be soft and use its body when that's how we're writing them? It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. And that's why I find like so much because I am totally that rigid person. It's like super bad. Um, and I've been working on it, but I ride a lot with my eyes closed because mm. we're so like sight dominant as humans and we block out all of those other senses and like when I ride with my eyes closed, I can just totally feel like where, like you can literally close your eyes and know exactly where your horse's head is. You do not have to look mm -hmm. at it, but it's mm -hmm. crazy how you can block that out through keeping your eyes open. And it's funny because my grandpa had a cutting stallion and he was like really big into cutting for a while. And 
I was like at the prime of my working studentship, but I wasn't riding Western and I just felt like I was a super good rider. And I got on that horse and could not ride him. Like I couldn't get him to go the way he needed to go. He would like run away with me. It took me so long to figure out like, and my grandpa would be like, all you have to do to stop is literally just exhale, like just exhale and you're fine. And I'm like, <laughs> like trying to like canter this horse around. Like it, it was very embarrassing. Cutting horses are a different breed. And I really feel like they can humble you very quickly if you are a stiff individual. <laughs> yeah. And my, the horse that I have right now, Smarty is like fiery, but do I, I don't pick up on him. Me and Heather talked about this about when you have horses that are trained to go in the bridle properly, like that big, that bit is not there to control them. That is like different line of communication happening. And people will watch me ride. I can ride my horse bridleless and all the things, but like, he'll also take off with somebody when they get on him. Like, it's very confusing for people. Like you literally cannot get on and think I'm going to manhandle you. Cause he's like, I don't know what that is. I'm out of here. Like, is this what you want? You want to go faster? And like, but that's what it is. It's like, I want you to stop. And it's like, it melt. And they're like, oh, this is soft, slow. Like, and people are like, I don't get it. And like, it's, um, <laughs> and it is. And if you ride everything that way at some level, and I think that's why I get so many dressage horses because I, I'm so opposite of, so I take them to the other extreme and then you can pull them back and go, okay, here's this happy medium of like, it's safe to feel the contact. You don't have to push against it because no one's going to take advantage of it, which I feel is why they get so heavy and strong. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. Speaking of like different sports and stuff, I just feel like all of that. So like, it's easy for people to ride like the same horse all the time or do like the same sport. And I did that for a while where I just like got obsessed with flat work or then I was like into jumping and I was like limiting myself to like that one thing. And I was actually thinking about this today, especially with jump horses. And I think it's because I talked to a ton of jumping horses. Um, and they never feel super prepared for their job. And I think a big part of that is, um, this is a little bit of a squirrel, but I think that <laughs> this like entire, just how we, this entire talk is like squirrels. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, because I didn't have my five pages of notes that I normally do to get in the flow for the chat. Um, Perfect. Interesting to me how many people do not and like riding them outside of the arena and around them like they just really struggle going off property because everything is completely different and then they come home and like they're jumping the same course all the time and I think there's a lot of validity in in like us being versatile in our movement and trying different things like Pilates, yoga, maybe riding someone's cutting horse and then also doing the same for them like you know, maybe take your horse on an obstacle course or go do like, I've been wanting to do mountain archery with one of my horses and just like allowing them to have like those different experiences, I think is super important. Cause a lot of times we get stuck in that one sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I feel like that's the thing, right? Is like people find so much comfort in the habitual things, right? So they feel really good and they get really confident. Oh, just kidding. I don't know what's happening. My email's popping up. My computer has like a mind of its own. Um, 
where they get really comfortable, right? Doing the things they do in the way they do. But then for some reason, they're surprised when they haven't prepared their horse for themselves to go anywhere and practice. It's like they go straight from home to like the shows. Like, why aren't you, you know, more people spending time like I'm going to haul to this different arena and just ride with no pressure or, you know what I mean? Or go to like a clinic somewhere um, to be able to like allow the time for that to be not such a big deal without all the pressure and without the magnesium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that just sparked another squirrel, AKA inspired thought of the book. It's like the horse, human brain, horse brain. Um, the neuroscience of horsemanship. I'm reading that book right now. And I was reading about how, you know, like the way that our horses perceive sight and their depth perception and all of, I see a lot of blue and yellow. A lot of people ironically like navy blue tack. Um, and so I feel like that's a, a big reason why I see it. But um, it, the book was saying that the color that they can see the most is like bright yellow or shades of yellow and bright blue. And that literally sparked a light bulb in my mind because I was like, what does every vet come to your horse with bright blue gloves? And if you're going to deworm them or give dorm or whatever, or take a vaccination, they're in those bright blue gloves. Yet I don't know of anybody who practices handling their horses and grooming them and brushing them and stuff with blue gloves on. I mean, do you, I never wear gloves. And I was just thinking I've been doing all this quicker training to just kind of help grow get his confidence with, with, um, dewormer. And I'm like, damn, I use the glove because they can see it. And that's like a totally new thing. Plus the smell. Hmm. She talks about how, um, their sense of smell, there's, there's not a lot of science behind it, but that, um, like they're simple in there of like a horse that was totally happy to jump a jump away from refused it. And she kind of put two and two together and was like, Oh my gosh, he could smell the dog that always lays on that side because it's in the shade. And even though he can't see the dog, he's probably smelling it and sensing like the scent and stuff. So, I mean, it kind of goes that way too, with like gloves and other like equipment. I can always tell when a horse has a new girth, and, or a new saddle or something like I'll be like do you have a new saddle and it's not because they show it to me it's because they literally can smell it and they can tell that it's new <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy yeah so that's a little bit of a squirrel but I was thinking just like from like a basic standpoint and offering them like different varieties and stuff that that is like a very valid thing but and the same with rolling. Everyone's always like, oh, why are horses rolling at the same time? But, you know, they totally, if you notice, they'll like walk around and sniff the ground, just smell like where the other horses rolled. And then they want to roll on it like a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. But anyway, okay. So to kind of close this episode up, we just kind of wanted to um, maybe just plant a little seed, plant a little nut about subjecting your horses to fear and stress through, you know, maybe unintentionally, maybe intentionally through showing and trailer stuff. So all these stressors and stuff. Um, and then a lot of times, you know, people will just kind of expect one Liberty session or one meditation session to kind of get rid of all of the stressors and those patterns, but it's, 
important that you understand our intention for this podcast today really is that a daily practice is imperative to your relationship with your horse, whether it's like a five minute thing, whether you're, you know, something as easy as walking your horse around the ring and focusing on your body before you get on is important. Just some sort of daily mindfulness practice. Yeah, definitely. Which sometimes for some people, for some reason, is like the hardest, the hardest thing for them to find time to do. Yeah. Fascinating because it's such a powerful thing. So, so do it, do it, do it, <laughs> do it, you nut. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for spending time with us today. If anything in here felt like it was familiar to you or you had any aha moments, always feel free to share them with us. We love hearing them. And if you like this episode, then please share it with your friends. Um, and tell them about us. (laughs) All right, we will see you guys next time. time. Can you hear the little ding on my cup? I accidentally like tapped it with my pen, but then I was like, oh my God, it's an ending bell. It's like the (laughs) ending chimes. (laughs) It was like, like, 